what I learned in special forces is that with 12 people on a team, the idea is that you all share, I mean, you share your strengths, complement other people's weaknesses and other people's strengths complement your weaknesses. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey everyone, it's Chris Ward with Win the Hour, Win the Day, and I am beyond excited today. We really have a spectacular guest. You really have to stay tuned for the whole thing. Now, I'm just going to touch on some of the highlights in his bio because it would take up the whole interview time to list all his accolades. I mean, we are just beyond blessed. We have Larry Broughton in the house. CBS News has called him the nation's foremost expert on leadership and entrepreneurship. He was Entrepreneur of the Year, Vetrepreneur of the Year, Visionary of the Year, National Business Leader of Integrity, Best of the Best Hotel Management Company of the Year, Hotel 500 List of Fastest Growing Private Companies. I mean, let's just sum it up, Larry. You're Man of the Year at any given point. <laughs> so, And he is also the author of an amazing book that I ate up in a really serious amount of time called Victory, Seven Revolutionary Strategies for Entrepreneurs to Launch Your Business elevate your impact and transform your life and it is just loaded with really huge takeaways larry welcome to the show thank you so much let's have some fun on this i love your energy by the way oh thank you <laughs> i am just i'm oh my gosh i'm so excited you're here listen so i don't even know where to start with you because there's so much exciting stuff but i'll tell you you must read his book victory and that's where i i, I mean i was lucky enough to meet you one-on-one -on -one. we had we had a i was in a group thing and i was just so lucky and man i was just writing down notes you were dropping value bombs all over the place and then i dove passionately into your book as you explained to us victory and i would really like to start there but before i do that larry i have to tell you there were so many good things in your book that they started to alert me how many things I was highlighting. <laughs> I started to get notification. I had never seen that before. It was like, they're now keeping track. Like, listen, are you reading this? Or are you borrowing this for your own purposes? It was just like, oh my gosh. It was, a, I mean, it's all about team building and you guys know I'm passionate about that. But Larry, you just said it in such a profoundly impactful way that I am now quoting you like, like any given day of the week. So why don't you start and tell us what you think victory means for our audience? Well, can I start with this, Chris, is that I think that one of the things that you possess that a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders are lacking is enthusiasm. One of my favorite oh, mantras is this, you can't light a fire with a wet match, right? And oh, too yeah, often yeah. leaders walk around with this dour, pessimistic, woe is me attitude and expect that their teams are going to be lit up and excited. It doesn't happen that way, right? And I think one of the things that we're, where you and I first connected on that call uh, that, that we were on was that I said to you, you're a great storyteller. 
because I believe that transformational leaders are master storytellers. Thank and so you. So that's really what victory is about. It really kind of encapsulates my blah, 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 decades of years in leadership and entrepreneurship, four, yeah. kind of four decades uh, at this point, plus my entrepreneurial ups and downs, plus my time in the special forces and the Green Berets. Um, oh, so why is that I important? I don't even, uh, didn't even mention that. That was like a huge thing. You had so much stuff. I didn't even really talk about that. Well, yes, one yes, of the reasons yes. That's important is because that's considered one of the most, if not the most yes. elite military units uh, that the U.S. has. And it's 12 people on the special forces, A teams that do huge things. And so the whole team building thing that you talked about is vitally important. And when so many people try to launch organizations or businesses, they forget about the whole team thing. They think they've got a great idea. I'm passionate about mm -hmm. it. And they think that that's enough. Well, it's not. And so I got frankly tired of me making my own mistakes and then seeing other people make the same mistakes. I had not seen a book out there that was basically a call to arms, if you will, kind of a manifesto mm -hmm. that you probably picked up from both the introduction and chapter nine, which is called Freedom Road, which is really yeah. like plant your flag. We're doing this, we're taking the hill yeah. kind of thing and then have a how to do this stuff, right? And that's so victory is basically an acrostic. So V is for vision, you gotta have a vision for your organization, I yeah. for Intel, C is for coaching, how many people try to do this on their own, they don't have coaching, they're not part of a mastermind, right? T is for teams, the part that we were talking about mm -hmm. uh, earlier. O is for operations and systems, how do you make this thing so if somebody wants to buy it from you? R is how do you take rapid action to get stuff done? Cause so many people have great ideas, but they just get Usually it's fear and that kind of thing. They're taking rap rapid action. Um, but the one that's really, I think, vitally important is the why, and it's you. So many of us, I see a lot of coaches and mentors out there that they focus purely on profit and revenue and, you know, beyond you know, the, the bottom line. And I believe that we need to look beyond the bottom line. To do great things, we have to be great people. And so I spend a lot of time on talking about you know, the character parts, the integrity parts, you know, uh, the, the willingness to do the hard right over the easy wrong. Um, and I think that's so vitally important, uh, the, the Y part, the you. And yeah. And you touch on so many things in your book and I'm a, I'm a big advocate. I mean, I, here's the funny thing I love, you know, I, I'm sure it's nothing like the real world, especially the movies I watch, but I love a good, uh, I don't want to say military movie because I love the take the hill organization, get your ducks in a row. This is the plan, but I don't want anyone to be hurt or there to be any violence. So it's really hard to find that small, small niche of like, yeah, yeah. we tune out right before anything happens. So I love the idea of the mastery of that. And one of, uh, I, one of the things I often say is, you know, you can have great ideas and every entrepreneur has them, but what, you know, what separates us is what I call YME, you're missing execution. So it's the execution of those ideas that yeah. sort you into success. And one of the examples you gave in the book that I just thought brings clarity to everyone's mind is when you talk about every plan is great until you meet the enemy. <laughs> well, Mike Tyson had a good way to say it, right? He said yeah. that everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yes. Um, everybody wants yeah. to be a boxer until you get hit in the face. Yeah. yeah. Right. So in the military, they say, you know, we, we talk about this, that, um, you know, everyone's got a plan until the rounds start coming at you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's part of this though. I, I hate to keep bringing this back to teams, but it, it's so important is that we are just one person. And I think a mistake that a lot of people make Chris is when they launch their business, they think that they can do it on, on their own mm -hmm. for too long. Number one, 
And number two, when they start hiring people, they hire what I call mini-me's. Yes. People just like them. They do an interview and the sparks are flying. They get me. They understand me. But the thing is, they probably have the same strengths and same weaknesses as that person. Mm -hmm. does. What I learned in special forces is that with 12 people on a team, the idea is that you all share, I mean, you share your strengths, complement other people's weaknesses and other people's strengths complement your weaknesses. You know, and so we're covering our, our bases here. I don't want our CFO to have the same visionary creative yeah. thinking that I've got. I don't need creative bookkeeping in my yeah. business. I need somebody who's a little bit more of a linear thinking problem solver, that kind of thing, right? Um, and so we do a lot of strength-based assessments uh, in our organization, just like you do in the military, right? And uh, that's that a plan is requires collaborative thinking, not just, hey, I'm the only person I've got, it's my yeah. great idea, and so I'm gonna execute on it. Oftentimes, you gotta have other people on your team to help you execute these plans. Yeah, the best idea wins. And yeah. that to me also is, I see a lot of people where they try to hire someone where there's a sense of control or like, okay, they're not a good fit for the job, but I know them so I can trust them. And like, that's just fear-based, right? Yeah. And and it just doesn't work on so many levels because it's you're just hiring them, trying to manage or control them. Now, I know there's a lot of people that struggle from military life to, you know, civilian life. And here you went from military life, I get it, elite, but that obviously we, I can't even tell you how little I know about that. So it's obviously intense and it was elite. And then you went and you made such a powerful transition to the entrepreneurial world. And that strikes me as not normal. Um, not everybody made that, that, that gliding leap. So, you know, effortlessly. So clearly would you credit that to your whole foundation of team? And I mean, that's what you, I mean, taking the mountain and I guess taking the business, like, I don't, do you understand that that's, you know, not the standard <laughs> process? Well, what you've just described, sadly, I wish it were that way, but it wasn't that way. It was, uh, it wasn't effortlessly. It wasn't a glide. It was a scratching, clawing, climbing, falling, um, emotional breakdowns, um, you know, suicidal ideations, just like a lot of entrepreneurs have. It was very, very rough, burned through a marriage, um, you know, burned through friendships. Um, yeah, no, it was very, 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 very hard. But the difference is one of the things that I've got that a lot of folks don't have, I wish more people had, and it's usually the missing dynamic of success, and that's tenacity. Mm. You, you gotta be tenacious, you gotta have persistence. Um, and when you understand what your why is, um, then it's much easier to keep moving forward. I do talk about this in, in the book, but, um, and again, I just keep bringing it back to special forces because that's kind of one of the most defining moments in my life. Imagine, if you will, 12 type A hard charging alpha males in a boardroom. <laughs> what are you going to get? Usually fisticuffs, arguing, yelling, that kind of thing. So how is it that a special forces A team is able to be so darn productive? It's because we have our why. We're all willing to subordinate mm. our own personal agendas for the mission, right? And so when we have it, when we know what our why is, we know why we're doing this, then we're willing to take the slings and arrows and keep moving forward. What I, the way I describe it, because it felt like this for me at the time when I was journaling, I just had to keep telling myself, I need to put one dusty, bloody boot in front of the other, because that's what the entrepreneurial journey feels like sometimes. You know, you're walking mm -hmm. through a desert and you're dripping with blood from the battle scars, right? 
that's what it feels like sometimes. And so it was not an easy glide. It was very, very painful. Um, I, there were times where I felt lost. I felt like I was in a desert, um, but I kept moving forward. And, um, and the scary but both exciting part of the entrepreneurial journey is it is like a roller coaster. There are those times when you have the real highs and there's times where you're absolutely in the lows in the deepest valleys, but that's where the growth happens. The growth happens at the valleys. If anybody's been a, you're a mountaineer, you climb mountains, yeah. you know, you get above a certain, you get above the tree line and nothing grows up there. Beautiful mm. vistas, but there ain't a whole lot of growth. The growth happens in the valleys and we need to remember that. So um, that's, so yes, persistence. I've had tons of successes for sure, but the truth is I've had as many, many, many more actually um, failures times in the, those valley moments. Now you brought up some really good points and it doesn't matter how often you hear this, any one of us ourselves. And yet I did the same thing that everybody else does. You look at something when somebody shows up and says, Oh, you're an overnight success. And you're like, I've been working on, I've been working on this for 15 years. I guess to me, the effortlessness is the fact that those are two, you know, two worlds that are very hard to achieve in either world. And yet you made the bridge where some people would feel like grateful that they made it in one. So that to me right. seemed like as much as it was there a challenge, go. you mastered, you know, you, you got rather notable success in both fields, but it is really, again, to glide over that and to minimize your journey. You're right. I like, oh my gosh, we should all, we should all know better by now. And I know for me with a rebuilding of my business as, as we, we don't mention a lot, but after my husband passed away and I sort of had to, I decided to fire a bunch of, you know, clients and rebuild things because I thought I, I clearly did not have any time to waste because it just had a new view on life. Like I just can't waste, you know, doing things that I wasn't a hundred percent all in on. And for me, it was kind of like, um, for those of you who are fortunate enough not to have snow, but it's kind of like driving in snow or bad weather. And you're just saying, I, you know what, I got to just keep the road, the car on the road and not let it glide into the ditch and just stay focused and do all that. So I mean, taking those lessons you learned in the, in the military and then in business and then a hotel business, because I would say to people, if they ask me anything about business, I think the restaurant and the hotel business, I don't think there's anything more demanding in the world yeah. and, and more, uh, as you, as we, I was going to say more vulnerable, but we, we know that right now. Right. So how do you even weather that storm that you're going through right now? So much in that crest. Great, great question. Um, so first of all, let me let me start with this. And I'll, well, the hospitality industry, you're right, very volatile. Um, yeah. And there is no industry that's take that's getting crushed more in our current economic uh, downturn. Um, well, some people are thriving, but really the hotel travel industry mm. is getting crushed right now. I saw a yeah. number: fifteen thousand restaurants in the U.S. have permanently clo- permanently closed between uh, May and July twentieth uh, this year. That's sad. There's a, there's a 15,000, and these aren't like big chains. I'm talking most of these no. are mom and pops, right? Yeah. There's 15,000 people who have put blood, sweat, and tears into creating something for their, their family's life um, that, that's gone. Um, uh, so how do I do this? But let me, let me go back, though, f- for a second. This mastery of one. I see a lot of entrepreneurs... Um, who get real, they get spread really super thin, you know, mm-hmm. they chase the, shine, the bright, shiny object, the squirrel mm-hmm. syndrome, right? They get distracted very easily. Um, 
I tend to be one of those, those folks, people, I don't, I'm not a braggadocious person. I don't talk about my, you know, all these accolades. That's why I've got a bio. I don't go out and don't <laughs> brag about this stuff. But it used to be years ago, you'd walk through my office and there was never an award. You, didn't, you wouldn't see an award. You wouldn't see an article. You wouldn't see anything because I was, I got so brainwashed when I was in special forces and got out that we're the quiet professionals. Mm. We're not the Navy SEALs who go out and tell our, tell of our exploits, right? If people know what we're doing, we've made a mistake was always right. that thing. So I took that out of, you know, when I got out of the military and I never talked about the, the, the high points. But when I crashed and burned and scraped along the bottom for a while, you know, I was in therapy and the therapist asked me about this and got me to recognize that during my deepest, darkest moments, we need to remind ourselves of those little victories that we've had because nobody else is mm -hmm. going to, when you are down, most people don't remind you of your victories. Right. You know, people like to commiserate with you. That's the natural tendency, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you've got it bad, but look how bad I've got it. Type of thing. Yes. And yes. so it, he encouraged me to pull out all the trophies, all the accolades, and just make a I love me wall, is what he called it, right? So that at least when I walked by there, I could say, hey, when I, in my deepest moments, say, you know what? There was a time when... I conquered, I succeeded, I overcame, I defied the odds. Because we need to remind ourselves of that. And so when we are at our deepest, darkest moments, we can look back and say, I've done this before, I can mm. do it again. And so when I was talking before about when I had the suicidal ideations, when I was ready to give up and quit, I would look back, you know, like when I was going through special forces, there were times I wanted to quit when I was going through the special forces qualification course. I said, what? I'm a black belt or I made it through that wrestling tournament or whatever it was. I had yeah. to stop and say, I made it through that. And we need to keep reminding ourselves, we've got the goods. We've got the goods in us. We just have to dig a little bit deeper and put that one dusty, bloody boot in front of the other today. And so how are we getting through it today? By doing that. Yeah. Every morning at our, our morning stand-up call, I, we do it at nine o'clock uh, every morning with our, our leadership team. And we start, at, each person has to say what they're grateful for. And every day I'm reminding them, hey, we've been through this. You know, it's not been this deep. It's not been this long. We've got the goods. We need to remind ourselves and we need to remind our team members of that. So that's how we're getting through it. Plus, yeah. I'm working harder now, working more hours now than I ever have, ever, because yeah. I feel like it's worth it. I do have yeah. friends and associates saying, why are you doing this? You don't need to do this. You've done enough, you know but that only fuels me to keep moving forward. Yeah, because there are bizarre times. I would have never thought you could stop the world at any point and just decide that we're shut. Like, it's just not humanly possible, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can say, oh, okay, school's out. Let's go to France. Oh, not so much, right? Like, that, like I, you know, and I'm a bad participant because I, you know, I don't think the news is there to cheer you up. I don't think it's reliable. And so I kind of keep saying I refuse to participate. And where I am, we're very blessed. So there's very minimal things because I'm just in a small area, a very yeah. rural area. So there's nothing happening here. So there's all that. But, and you're right, they're not there to cheer you up, right? And I mean, I try to find the joy in everything. So yeah. I likened it in the beginning, but I whispered this because people didn't want to hear my positive approach is I was saying, I see this very much as 
like with the pandemic, like during the wartime when the men went off to war and the women, it whole changed the whole frontier of uh, the workforce by the women going to work and then not wanting to give up those positions when the men came back from war. And so I thought you're going to see a big virtual shift in all these companies that couldn't accommodate you from working at home and suddenly did for 300 people in a week. And now that's going to change the landscape of that. But you're right. The, the hospitality industry is very different. So I think too, what I've found again, and the patterns in all your work and your book and all your accolades really is the team. And so, you know, understanding that you just, there is just no success by yourself, really. I keep telling people it's the backbone to any success story on any level, but especially entrepreneur. And yeah. I meet people all the time and they kind of, you know, they'll be on a podcast or I'm on theirs and they're presenting to the world really effectively. And then they whisper to me later, like, oh my gosh, you have no idea. I'm working these insane hours. I have thought about quitting so many times. I'm burnt out. I'm all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, but they're smiling on Instagram, right? So out loud. yeah. So we're all in this together, I believe. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's no, go ahead. We're, we're all in this together. And I feel yeah. like people like you and I would say it out loud. It gives yeah. other people permission to say it out loud. Listen, there, I was plagued by shame for a large part of my life. But once I realized I started saying this stuff out loud, I got the courage. Courage changes everything, by the way. Um, yeah. When I found the courage to speak it out loud, guess what? Other people said, yeah, me too. Right. And now yeah. all of a sudden you yeah. got these band of brothers and sisters that are willing to help yeah. and you can lean on. Right. So yeah. it's, it's such a hard thing, but you'd made a point earlier about how these difficult times are going to lead to better times. And you were talking about when, you know, folks were off at, at war and then family members yeah. were left behind. The thing I want to remind people of is that, uh, you know, we call the world war II generation, the greatest generation, right? And we, uh, we talk about them, like you said, going off to war and then coming back and rebuilding uh, uh, America in particular. Um, but uh, Canada as well, and you know a lot of the, the allied um, uh, countries. But the truth is this: I believe two things uh, around this. What's happening right now? The reason that the World War II generation, particularly the Americans, went off and did such a great job in World War II, is not because of anything except that. They just survived getting through the depression. Mm, Those soldiers okay, yeah. that went to war grew up during tough times. Right. I heard a saying when I was in, uh, I hadn't been in special forces for very long. And my team sergeant, called him team daddy, um, said something like this. Um, tough times create tough men. Tough men create easy times. Easy times create weak men, right? Weak men create tough times. Right. Mm. So these tough times is what's going to, going to create tough people. Right. right? And, um, and I've only said this publicly to one other, other person, um, publicly to one other person. I've had this conversation with a couple of friends. And so I'm going to say it to you uh, because I'm just really believing and believing it more and more right now. I think that we are poised for the next roaring twenties. Mm. I really do think that, I mean, if you look at the Spanish flu and, the impact and the timing on that. What happened after that? There was so much pent up demand, plus a, a couple of other things were happening. Then we had this decade of economic boom time. And I think that that's about to happen now. I do think that we're going to hit another roaring 20s. And isn't it great that it happens to be in the, you know, 100 years yeah, later, yeah. right? Yeah, I, um, I thought that too. Courage. It takes courage yeah. for us to get out there and lead. But I see so many self-described 
visionary entrepreneurs that are squirreling up. Yeah. And they've got this pessimistic outlook and like, no, the world needs us now more than ever. I thought that too. I feel like we're in a big period of regrowth. I do try to believe that everything happens for a reason. And I just think this whole, everything shutting down, I thought, well, this can't be a coincidence or, you know, and dare I pick on people sometimes where they say, well, I didn't have time for this. I didn't have time for that. And now people say, well, I have too much time. And I, you know, I'm not working out or I'm eating too much or whatever. And it's something, well, last week you didn't have time, right. To go to the gym this week, you aren't motivated. Like you have to pick one. You've got too much time. You don't have enough time. Right. So I feel to that there i i believe something you know magical is always on the horizon so maybe i'm overly annoyingly optimistic but i did think that too i think well there has to be a, a surge of regrowth you know for some this has to mean something that's my position so yeah, yeah. i'm looking and yeah. i'm willing to look like a fool by saying that yeah <laughs> yes we'll have a meeting of our own <laughs> just you and i there yeah. we go yeah. Yeah. so you've said so much wisdom and we're just so blessed that you're here what a, what a treat i'm not kidding you're real honor and uh i tell you people you can read his book and read it again and it's just awesome but i do say wise things all the time now and all they are is i say larry broughton says <laughs> in his book. so i do quote you i let them know it's you but i, I suddenly became very even more wise in the last few weeks so yeah. give us some final words of you as we part and uh what is it you know the, give me one last thing that you people you think that people really sort of overlook or minimize or what you know what kept you uh, uh getting all the accolades that you've got going? Well, um, I don't know. That's a hard one, I guess. No but pressure. I, I guess, I, no, I <laughs> guess what I would say is a, a couple of things. One is, um, one of the mantras that I live by is that uh, choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Um, okay. Yeah. We know what we're supposed to be doing, but how often in our lives would things have been different had you actually did what you knew you were supposed to do, but was hard to do? Yeah. The easy wrong is to cook the books, yeah. to not be truthful to the person that you're in love with. Um, that, that's, a, that's easy to do. It's hard to say, I've screwed up, I've cheated on you, or I've had an affair, or I don't love you anymore, or we don't have enough to cover payroll, you know, whatever it is. Those are hard things to do. But in the long run, it's the right thing to do. The, the mm -hmm. universe has a way of rewarding us when we're willing to do the hard things. I kind of glossed over this earlier, but I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. It takes courage to do that. But I promise you, courage changes just everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. How often you look back and say, gosh, I just wish I would have. And when mm -hmm. you boil it all down, it's because you lack the guts to do it. Dig deep find the guts, find the courage, and put that one dusty, bloody boot in front of the other. And I promise you, your life will change. It'll get better. Wise words, my friend, wise words. Okay. In case I haven't mentioned it yet, he wrote a book called Victory. <laughs> so, so. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's on Amazon. Sorry. It's number one bestseller, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't tie that into the interview. So Larry, you know, just check him out online, just key in his name and all these accolades come up and you know, anything that you trip across will just be something that makes you sound smarter within the next 24 hours. And wow. us entrepreneurs, we just can't get enough of that. These really Really powerful lessons that can be transferred to all elements of your life. So I thank you, Larry. I thank you from the bottom of my heart and for all my listeners. It's been a, a real honor and a treat, a treat. And I think the biggest gift you can give anybody is your time. So thank you for giving us yours.
Thank you so much. This has been a blessing to me. It's been a highlight of my day. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hey listeners, I've got a super special gift for you. See, I want to create a movement because I think your business should support your life, not consume it. So I have created the Win the Hour, Win the Day Team Builder Training for free. I'm not kidding you. So don't miss out. Free gift from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. Free gift from Chris.com.